Chapter 9 If Darkstalker can tell when Animus casts a spell, Turtle realized, his heart floundering wildly around in his chest, then I can never use my magic again. Turtle couldn't tell from Kibli's expression whether he figured it out as well. And then Kibli said, Oh, an enemy? Yeah, she might have gone by a little while ago. I'm not totally sure. And Turtle knew that he must have made the same connection. Interesting, Darkstalker mused. If you see her, please tell her I wish to speak with her as soon as possible. Sure, said Kibley. You bet. I'll do that. Darkstalker gave him another appraising look. Kibley, he said, please order that scroll to roll itself up. Kibley laughed. Don't you think I spent my whole life hoping magic would something pop out of my claws? He said, hey, scroll, roll yourself up. The scroll lay there, inert and uninteresting. Kibley shrugged at Darkstalker. Disappointed again. I think that's for the best, Darkstalker said, smiling at him a bit more genuinely. With your mind, you'd be a very formidable animus. He backed out of the cave. See you in the morning. You too, Kibley answered. Darkstalker disappeared down the hall with the sound of scraping scales, jittering through the walls behind him. He knew, Turtle whispered. Not because Darkstalker might hear him, but because his voice didn't seem quite to be working the way it should. He knows when someone is using animus magic. He must have enchanted someone to warn him. Kibley waited until the vibrations of Darkstalker's passage had faded away. Lucky you cast your hiding spell before he did that. Yeah, Turtle said fervently. You're also lucky you didn't cast the enchantment to tell who exactly was the spell was, Kibley mused. That's what I would have done, but he didn't act like he knew what we did. Turtle couldn't speak for a moment. He was so appalled. He never comes so close to getting caught. In a way, he hadn't even imagined worrying about it. What other spells did Darkstalker have in place that might tangle him up? Now I can't use my magic anymore, he finally managed to say, or else he'll find out I'm here, hiding from him. His spells seem to be location-based, Kibley pointed out. Maybe if you're standing near an enemy or stone mover when you cast it, he think it came from one of them. Maybe, but then wouldn't he ask them what spell they just cast, and they said they didn't use their magic? And if they said they didn't use their magic, what then? What do you think they're lying? I don't want him to think an enemy is secretly using her magic, maybe against him. He wore the edges of his wings between his claws. I don't want to get her in trouble. I don't want him to blame her for what I'm doing. That's true, said Kibling. Yeah, that could be bad. Ugh, Turtle groaned, lying down and covering his head with his wings. Look, I know it's terrible, but it's smart too, said Kibling. If you get trapped underground by an animus spell, wouldn't you want to keep a pretty close eye on any new spells after you got out? He's not going to let himself be fooled again. I'm sorry you didn't get to cast your spell to protect your soul, though. I'm going home, Turtle said, leaping up and whirling toward the door. I'm going back to the Kingdom of Sea and hide in the Deep House. He can't follow me there unless he can. He can enchant someone to let him breathe underwater, or something to make the entire ocean evaporate. He could do anything. Moon's above. Stop panicking, Kibble jumped in Turtle's way. It's not the end of the world. It doesn't prove he's evil. All I know for sure is he's protecting himself. So we can keep watching him like you've been. I can't, Turtle said. He's going to the rainforest tomorrow with all the other Nightwings. All the Nightwings? Kibli asked. Including Moon? I don't know, Turtle answered. I don't. I think so. Kibli thought for a moment, drumming his claws again. I don't have a good excuse to go along with, then, he said. It'll have to be you. Me? Turtle said, startled. You mean follow him to the rainforest? So we can see what he does next, Kibli said. I can watch things here, you know, that keep an eye out for any thunder and ice coming to destroy the school. Then we'll report back to each other, 
and see what we think. If only we had a dream visitor, too, so we can send each other messages. Maybe Sunny will let me use hers? Oh, Turtle realized. I'm not his enchanted fish. He thinks we're in some kind of detective teen story. Solving crimes together, investigating strange behavior. Or maybe I'm a sidekick. But a sidekick doesn't get sent on the crazy dangerous missions alone, does he? He was dangerously tempted by his th this vision. In detective stories, it was all right to be for one of the partners to be incompetent and unreliable, because the other one would make up for it. It was a kind of story Turtle's character wouldn't have to make all the decisions. No one would be waiting for him to save the day. That's the kind of story he might actually survive. I think I have. I think I think I might have something we could use. He said hesitantly. He checked and triple checked that Darkstalker was long gone from the hallways. Then led Kibley back to his own lonely cave. Tucked under his woven reed sleeping mat was a small satchel belongings he brought to the school. A significant lighter, burdened than burdened than an enemy's sparkle extravaganza, Turtle tugged it out and shook the contents on the floor. A piece of broken coral, a pair of small cracked writing slates with a slate pencil, three pieces of curved wood that sawed together to form a weathered form stained bowl. Kibley regarded the tiny pile with an extreme polite expression. Well, he said, honestly, I've seen weirder treasure in the scorpion den. Turtle checked the corridor again. These things are animus touched, he whispered. Oh, Kibley said, his eyes alight. What do they do? Protect your loved ones from harm? Smite your enemies? And make everyone love you? Uh, no, Turtle said awkwardly. He touched the coral. This one helps me find things I've lost. He sampled the bowl and tipped it to Kibley. This doubles the amount of food you put in it. I just drop it in and say, twice as much, please. Then instead of two mussels, I have four. Or instead of a handful of clam soup, I have twice that amount. That kind of thing. Kibley tipped his head to the side. Aren't you a prince? I thought that meant you'd have plenty of food. Well, yes, Tibley admitted, but I was still competing with all my brothers for it. And I'd get hungry in between meals. And wouldn't feel like hunting, you know? All right, said Kibley. What about those? The slates clattered like falling seashells as Turtle picked them up and passed one to Kibley. With these, if you write no on one, it'll appear on the other. He took the pencil and wrote, Hi, Kibley, on the smaller slate. The message appeared simultaneously in his loopy, scraggly handwriting on the other side. When Turtle erased the slate, the message stayed in place on Kibley's. Kibley turned his slate over in his talons, as though he were hoping to discover a better spell on the other side. Huh, he said. So we can use these to communicate, I think, Turtle said. I never used it across a really big distance before. Oh, and it only works one way, but at least I can send you panicked, Help! He's got, ugh, messages. It only works one way, Kibley echoed. His face seemed to be struggling with the concept of a world in which amazing magic could be given to a dragon like Turtle instead of him. Well, said Turtle, yeah. I mean, I never thought to use it with anyone else. Kibley, to his credit, managed to restrain his reaction to a slow blink. Then, what in the world did you use this for? It's a little embarrassing, Turtle admitted. More embarrassing than a bowl that doubles your world meals, said Kibley's expression. I used, it to think, I used to think I wanted to be a writer, Turtle said. So sometimes when I'd be out hunting or training or whatever, and have a great idea, or think of how I wanted to phrase something. But I'd always forget it by the time I got home. With these things, I could take a note on the slate I carried with me, and erase it quickly before my brother saw it. But the note would say would be there waiting on the other side once I got home. I see, Kibley said, finally looking sympathetic. I had siblings who picked on me, too. A rider, so fancy scales. Oh, I gave that up a long time ago, Turtle shook his head. I wasn't any good anyway. He nudged the other items. 
I keep these kind of for sentimental value. I don't use them very much since I don't want anyone to notice me using them. Sure, Kibley said. He tipped out his slate to the light. But this is a great idea. I'll hang on to this one. You can send me notes on what Darkstalker is doing. Or anytime you need me. Or if Moon needs me. Or anyone, I mean, hypothetically Moon, but anyone. I'll come flying, alright? Turtle nodded. It made him a little nervous to let half of his animus touch objects out of his sight. What if it fell into the wrong claws? On the other talent, it was reassuring to have someone he could call for help. I guess I just agreed to following Darkstalker into the rainforest, he realized. A clatter of talons came from the hallway, followed by a whooshing sound, a yelp of fury, and the distant smell of something burning. Think I can guess who that is, Kelly said with a grin. Turtle peeked out of the door and found Peril jumping away and stomping on out a small fire, except every time she touched it, the flames got higher. A few sleepy faces peered out of their caves and immediately withdrew when she they saw her. Ugh! She yelled. Stop! Buckets of gizzards! Go already! Back! Back! Kelly said, hurrying over, flapping her wings her way with his wings. I got it. He pulled out the massive chalkboard off the wall, smothered the fires, then trampled out the last few glowing sparks as they tried to scuttle away. What kind of jerk leaves scrolls lying around in the hallway where anyone could set them on fire? Peril demanded. Someone is trying to pick a fight with me. Is that it? Um, that was my homework, mumbled a rambling nervously from the nearest door. Oh, Peril said. She drew her wings back in, eyeing the hapless dragon, who was half her size and a nervous, frizzy green color. Um, she shot a glance at her of the, uh, there's the right thing to say here, isn't it, Variety? Well, next time, keep your mess in your own cave, all right, she said. With that, Turtle knew she was about as much gentleness as she could muster. Sorry, stammered the ringing. Turtle clears so. I'm sure Peril is sorry, too, he offered. She tilted her head at him. For burning up this dragon's homework, which he probably already worked very hard on, Turtle tipped his head at the dragonet. Ah, uh, okay, sure, Peril said, nodding vigorously. I'm sorry your skull got caught under my claws and met a fiery end, she said to the ringing. On the plus side, at least it was a scroll and not, say, your talon. He turned an even paler shade of green and vanished into his cave. Good idea, she called after him. You shouldn't leave talons lying around in the hallway either. That's our peril, Turtle said to Kibby, spreading a little terror before bedtime. Was I? he said. Hmm. I thought it was a very nice apology myself. Turtle liked the idea, like the dragon he was when he was with peril. Although he hadn't quite figured out how their stories fit together, he must be her sidekick, although she wasn't exactly a normal hero. Or he might be her voice of reason, like the dragon assigned to take care of a mad prophet or something. The closest parallel he could think of, though, was the scroll he read once about a dragonette who had been lost and raised by a pack of orcas. So when she returned to her tribe, she had been taught everything about language and relationships and how to interact with other dragons. And occasionally... And occasionally, she would fierce, have fierce fits and bite someone. With Peril, he sometimes felt like the wild dragon foster brother, a minor character, but one of the few willing to risk hanging out with her. He was pretty sure they were friends, though, which was crazy. Never in a million years would he have guessed that he might end up as friends with the Skywing Queen's deadliest weapon. She followed him and Kelly back into a sleeping cave, where he hurriedly scooted his sleeping mount to the far end of the room, away from Peril. He could move it to Kibley and Winter's cave later. He packed the smaller slate as he packed the smaller slate, the slate pencil, and the coral into his pouch to take with him to the rainforest. The pieces of the bowl were too big to fit, so he repaired he repacked them in a satchel and hid it under Umber's sleeping mat. <clears throat> How was your meeting with Clay? Kibley said to Pearl. 
Fine, she blurted. Fine, normal, great, weird, totally fine. Why, what did you hear? Nothing at all, he reassured her, just wondering. Right, she said. He was very pleased to hear about Queen, about Scarlet. She paused, looking like she'd swallowed an exploding cactus for a moment. There was hugging, she finally burst out. I mean, he gave me a hug, no big deal. Normal stuff, I'm sure. Dragons probably hug you all the time. Oh, Peril. Turtle kind of wished he could hug her to let her know he understood. Clay likes you too, Kibley said to Peril. Really? Peril gl glowed like molten glass. He does? How do you know? I can tell. He just doesn't know quite what to do about it yet, Kibley said. Give him some time to figure it out, like lots and lots and lots of time. I have lots and lots of time, Peril said, sailing. That's totally all right with me. She beamed at Turtle. Kibley thinks Clay likes me, she said in a loud whisper. I heard. Turtle smiled back at her. I was a little worried that he might hate me after I burned a magic scroll and released a giant bad guy, Pearl admitted. But I guess Dark Sucker's not bad, so everyone's all right? She squinted at the items Turtle was packing. What are you doing? I'm going to fall Dark Stalker into the rainforest tomorrow, Turtle said, just to see what happens. Oh, Pearl said, her wings dropped, one of them nearly caught on the end of a scroll rack by the door, and Kibby quietly dragged it out of her reach. You're leaving? Only for a little while, I hope, Turtle said. I wish you could come with me. Pearl held out her front tons. I wish I could too, but no fire scales on the rainforest by order of the queen, she said haughtily. I'll miss your boring face, though, she said to Turtle. Not like a lot, but I'll miss it a little bit. You won't have to miss he, he said. You'll have clay to hang out with. True, she said. True, true. She tried to squash back her smile, but it kept sneaking out. I really do wish she could come with me, Turtle thought. Her unpredictable, hilarious company was the only thing that had made him able to leave Jane Mountain in the first place. He never, he'd been able to think of their adventures as her quest to find Scarlet. No pressure on him, nothing enormously major he could mess up, nobody expecting anything of him. Not like tomorrow where he'd be following Darkstalker to the rainforest, alone, without the option of using his magic. Alone, powerless, useless. This story possibly, couldn't possibly end well.